Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. We start today with the Oregon Employment Department. Early on in the pandemic, when a historic number of Oregonians filed unemployment claims, the big story was that the department was overwhelmed by requests for help. But in the years that followed, a different problem cropped up. The state gave out millions of dollars more than people had qualified for. So it began asking people to pay that money back. Last year, the Oregon Law Center filed suit on behalf of some of those people, saying that the state had violated their rights in the way it went about trying to reclaim that money. Diane Lugo has been writing about this case for the Statesman Journal, and she joins us now. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Can you remind us what happened at the Employment Department at the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah, so we know that uh, people were waiting, you know, call times, hours long. um, And at the peak of the pandemic, this was, you know, hundreds of thousands of claims that suddenly influxed the department. And they, uh, as you kind of mentioned, were overwhelmed uh, with these thousands of claims coming in per week uh, during the pandemic. And then eventually the department sorted through that huge backlog. They hired more people. What were the challenges that led people to get more money than they were supposed to? Why did this happen? So according to the Oregon Employment Department, a lot of the blame for uh, this is just because they had new workers um, with less training maybe than was normal. And they also are, you know, had new guidelines. Uh, There was new federal um, unemployment benefits that were available and pandemic related programs that had, you know, ever evolving guidelines. And that's why they say that it it took some time to kind of figure out exactly who was actually eligible, um, having to make redeterminations of eligibility, Uh, And that's why they say that, you know, people were getting these notices months later that uh, after reevaluating, they weren't actually entitled to that money. How many people are we talking about? I mean, how many people has the employment department identified that have been overpaid? So the exact number isn't quite clear. I, I did ask the Oregon Employment Department for updated numbers, and they said that those records weren't available at the time. But In the motion for this lawsuit, the plaintiffs say that there was a minimum of 61,000 overpayments that became final between January of 2020 and May of 2023. And what the department did tell me was that there was at least 4,400 people who'd been found at fault for their overpayment system who may still be eligible for a waiver that was established uh, by the legislature to forgive these payments. And they say that the waiver has uh, waived, you know, $4.5 million in overpayments from the pandemic. Hmm. Who brought this suit last year? So this lawsuit was filed by the Oregon Law Center uh, on behalf of six Oregonians who were paid unemployment benefits during the pandemic and then were asked to pay that back. Um, And they are saying that the system is just so disjointed and confusing, that it's actually unconstitutional um, and, you know, denying people the right to kind of contest 
these overpayments uh, fairly. So this is an important point. So if I understand correctly, Mm -hmm. they're not arguing that they should have received all the money that they did receive. They're saying that the, the process by which the state has gone after them and said, you have to give us this money back, that that process has been unconstitutional. That's right? That's correct. And so what they're kind of pointing to is the system that the Oregon Employment Department has been using for these overpayments. It's a two-notice system. And so you'll get a letter in the mail if you've been, if you're, you know, someone that's affected, that's telling you the first notice that you weren't eligible or that uh, you weren't eligible for as much money as you received. And they're arguing that the language in there doesn't really make it clear in that first notice the consequences if you don't apply for a hearing or if you don't contest it. And then you get a second notice. Uh, Either you did request a hearing and the decision remains, or you kind of waived your right to a hearing and the second notice goes out that tells you 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 were overpaid and now you can have a second hearing but it won't kind of be about the overpayment or the eligibility, rather. It'll just kind of be contesting how much and when you'll have to overpay. Uh, and that's what they're arguing, is that people aren't gathering the consequences enough using this two-notice system. So, I mean, is this going to boil down to what a, a reasonable person can expect in terms of bureaucra- bureaucratic language? That is the argument that the Oregon Law Center is making, that, uh, you know, a a reasonable person might not, you know, take notice of that first letter or, you know, might kind of uh, or that they're not being guided enough, that they don't realize the the severity of what can happen uh, with that first notice. And so they're arguing. And as you mentioned, this is not a lawsuit asking, you know, for these six plaintiffs to get be paid back or to get their overpayments forgiven. Uh, They're asking for systemic changes, systemic relief. um, And that's what they're kind of hoping for is that there's going to be change going forward. How has a state responded to these allegations that that their system is to use the language from the plaintiffs impenetrable and fragmented? Yeah, so they they deny that they 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 kind of acknowledge that uh, in their defense that there th- these were very specific cases during the pandemic, um, and that's their argument of why uh, this should be dismissed. They, they argue that the factors that led to these alleged harms are no longer exist, and so that the risks going forward is you know not going to happen. And they also argue that they are months away from a new computer system that's going to kind of change, that they are going to change notices moving forward. Um, and they're arguing that that these six plaintiffs had unique situations and that it's not a systemic issue. It, it's not, you know, a summary of how the system works. Well, this was actually a, um, a question that came up for me as I was reading your reporting because it, it's because you wrote um, what, what you just said there that the employment department plans to, if I understand correctly, streamline their notice process this coming March, only, you know, four months away. Mm-hmm. Are they in effect going to already be doing what the plaintiffs are asking for? Uh, yes, it, it, that, that's what they say, that that, that this is kind of a, a upcoming change. Uh, and that's why you know, they're already aware and they're already going to be kind of evolving. But to the point, plaintiff's uh, argument is that, you know, 
overpayment decisions are still happening right now uh, related to this and that the system is still being used. And that's why they're asking for kind of, you know, an immediate pause on any overpayment decisions and overpayments until they they implement that system. Because right now, people are still getting, um, the, say, the first notice of the current two-notice system. It's still happening. Yes, exactly. Hmm. If we're just tuning in, we're talking right now with Diane Lugo, who reports on state government and equity issues for the Statesman Journal. She wrote recently about the lawsuit against Oregon's employment department. It contends that the agency has violated people's rights in the way it's tried to reclaim overpayments of unemployment benefits. You wrote about a woman who is not a plaintiff, not one of the six plaintiffs in this case, but has a really compelling story. Can you tell us about Rowan Hayes? Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, I spoke with Rowan Hayes, and she's a 25-year-old woman who lives in Clackamas, and she's one of the people who has now uh, been determined to owe back money to the Oregon Employment Department. She was a swim instructor when the pandemic began, and so pools were shut down or restricted, and she found herself in need of a little bit of support and filed regular unemployment benefits that she received for about eight months uh, when she received a notice that the, the department had determined she was not actually eligible to those. And that was in December of 2020, and she requested a hearing contesting the decision and that kind of sparked uh, a few more months when she connected with what was supposed to be a specialist at the department uh, and was a specialist at this department who gave her, you know, varied advice that she says that she really regrets following. Uh, As I understand it, the eventually, I mean, the, this specialist said you're going to be fine. You sign up for this different version of benefits and, and we will take care of it. On our end, I mean, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but it seems like they basically she had official word from somebody at the employment department um, that that everything would be all right. Then what happened? Yeah, so I, I shared uh, she shared the emails with that she exchanged with the specialists, and they spanned from December of 2020 through March of 2021. And as you said, she's told in that first email to immediately sign up for a different kind of unemployment benefit. And that if she does so and withdraws her request for a hearing um, on their end, they'll offset each other. And that she really, you know, doesn't have to do anything on her end, that everything will kind of be done through the network. Um, but she does kind of uh, and she follows this advice. And then all of a sudden uh, in February of 2022, which is nearly two years after she was originally approved for benefits, she receives a letter saying that the department determined she was overpaid for various forms of unemployment and that she has 15 days to pay them back or request a hearing. She loses this or she, you know, the hearing does not go the way she hoped for and that she loses an appeal. And she's also denied that waiver to forgive um, the overpayments because the department determined she quote misreported information. And she told me that under her current payment plan, She's going to be paying back the department until 2066, which is nearly 50 years after she first received benefits. Hmm. And so having somebody at the agency give her advice uh, that she then takes, that's not an adequate defense when it comes to then later arguing with the agency? Uh, it 
appears not as I reported. She shared it and the email that was shared it during the hearing from the specialist who was asked to to testify during this hearing. And she said that she was following guidance that she received at the time. And she apologizes for, quote, any miscommunication or misinformation and the impact that it had on Rowan. But uh, the department determined that she did not kind of fit the exact guidelines for for forgiveness of any of the overpayment and that she didn't qualify for this waiver. Where does the case from the Oregon Law Center and the six plaintiffs stand right now? So that case, they had their first hearing on November 30th, and both of them have made a motion for summary judgment, which means they're asking the judge in Multnomah County Circuit Court to make the determination whether uh, either of their arguments, you know, is correct. And so they're, they both agreed not to send the case to trial. Uh, If it had, that would have been on January 22nd that the trial would have started. But because they both kind of agreed not to do that, um, the judge has said that we'll likely have a decision uh, by that date of when trial should have started. So we should know a little bit more coming into this new year. Diane, thanks very much. Thank you. Diane Lugo reports on state government and equity issues for the Statesman Journal.